Uh, I'm very happy to welcome um, Dr. Chrissy Williamson uh, today uh, on our podcast. Uh, Chrissy is a, not only uh, an amazing doctor and nutritionist, she's also a love tuna team rider, a love tuna advocate. And yeah, and we are happy to share her knowledge with our listeners and friends and family of the love tuna community. Thanks for having me, Sigmar. Love to be here. Thank you, Chrissy. How are you? Everything good? Everything's great. Yeah, enjoying some beautiful weather here in Virginia and um, just, yeah, ready for spring. Perfect. We yeah. that we are in the rainy California, but we are happy when it finally rains here. So, yeah, yeah. everything's perfect. Everything's perfect. Chrissy, I just want to tell our listeners, they know you're ready for a prior broadcast that we did like about a year ago. Uh, we introduced already what you're doing, but I just want to bring it back to our listeners that haven't heard the first podcast. So um, you are the founder and owner of uh, NGI and it's all about nutrition. And basically what you are doing is you're combining modern medicine with alternative approaches. And uh, I'm, I'm a client and uh, I'm a very happy client, I have to say. Um, so before we go deeper into what you're doing, we also talk about what resonances with bodies. And as you're a team rider, I would say let's do one tune to just get the frequency going and then we align and then you tell our listeners more about your work. Let's do it. Like a nice. yoga breath. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Lovely. Yeah. Mm. yeah so like tuning last time in Malibu, looking over the cliffs. It was amazing. We had a beautiful session there. So yeah, it's always beautiful to get in a good, good frequency. It is. It is absolutely. And the frequency stays with you and it brings back memories. Our body captures memories because we are 70% water. Water keep, uh, keeps messages, secrets, etc. We know all this. Uh, now we're in a different time and one thing is good. So people are like very familiar with Zoom podcasts. It's a great yes. thing. A lot of good stuff came out of it. And uh, I would like to start our podcast with one quote from Carl Jung, like, you know, the, the, the Swiss uh, psychoanalyst. And it's very interesting because I was thinking about, uh, and he says, a man is ill, but the illness is nature's attempt to heal him. And when we look at our crazy times right now, um, it actually shows us something, you know, it's not only this is one bad thing that happened to humanity, but it also teaches us a lesson. Some good stuff came out of it. Um, we, we turned around the wheel pretty fast. America is on the forefront, you know, that I'm European. Um, America, we are happy. We have a lot of supply of vaccines. A lot of people get vaccinated. Um, so we are not like some other European countries where they don't even have the supply right now. But there's a lot of stuff out there, uh, what uh, people can do and which vaccines they should take. And it would be awesome if you can give us a little bit of a background because people should be really prepared and with no, your knowledge about nutrition and how uh, as, um, as a whole human, the, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff we should really look uh, very closely into it. Maybe you can give us a little bit of a background about your work and especially in the times where we are right now. Yeah. 
Well, so I think a good foundation for people to understand is that, you know, your, your genes are not totally your destiny. So, I mean, we basically look at, you know, a recent study came out and said that only like 10% of your genes basically predicted your health. So, you know, we're really looking at somewhere between like 10 and maybe 40% of your genes predict what your, what your, what your health is going to be. And then what we do at NGI, the Nutritional Genomics Institute, is we take your lifestyle, your environmental exposures, um, how will you sleep? What your stress level is? Are you love tuning? <laughs> you know, those types of things. And then we add that on top and that gets us to like 80% of how your genes are actually expressing themselves. And then, you know, kind of our special sauce at NGI is we look at something called metabolomics and that's a big fancy word, but we're looking at these biomarkers, okay? And we're looking at actually how your genes are changing, okay? So we're measuring your gene expression. And so that is one thing that most doctors haven't heard of, um, they're not really looking at, and they're certainly not using in clinical practice. So, you know, that is really the, the cool stuff in terms of what the biohacking or what we're actually looking at. And so, you know, when we apply that to everyday health, we apply it to sport, we apply it to diet, we apply it to disease. Um, that's really when we get to optimal health. So there's no reason that we shouldn't apply that to anything that goes in your body, whether it's food or whether it's medication. So, you know, a classic example is pharmacogenomics. So that's like when you decide, hey, I've got to go take, you know, a statin, you know, something for cholesterol. Some people, when they take that, they have a really bad reaction. You know, their, their muscle tissue breaks down and they have really bad soreness and, you know, they, they can't take statin medications. So when we're looking at things like vaccines, there's no reason why we shouldn't apply the same type of new science that we have. And it's really not all that new. It's just a lot of doctors aren't using it, which one of my companies called SNPED, we, we teach yeah. doctors how to do it. Um, but you know, we're using this type of technology and practice as well with vaccines. So we can, we can certainly talk about the vaccines. There, there are three vaccines that are, or four vaccines um, that are here allowed in the, in the United States. Um, there's the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, and those are mRNA vaccines. There's the AstraZeneca or Oxford, Oxford vaccines. Um, and that is a, um, like a, a simian vaccine. Um, basically, um, it's got a whole protein in it um, that's been replicated. Um, and then there's the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which was just recently um, created or, or no, excuse me, not created, but approved here. Um, and that was a basically a genetically modified protein um, that was created um, for, the, for the vaccine. So there are different types. Um, your immune system may react to them differently and they all have different extra things in them. Um, so we can talk about those as well. So, you know, each, each thing is a little bit different. You know, uh, because what, whatever I learned from you in the last couple of years since we know each other, uh, for me, there's one thing, and this is uh, the core thing in everything, what I do with Love Tuna, and it's self-empowerment. And mm -hmm. what I have seen, what you do with people, with your education, is it's actually the empowerment of your patients to helping them really understand their unique genetics. And nobody does this, you know, and, uh, and I, I thought that I was, uh, you know, um, had a healthy nutrition, but little did I know that some stuff doesn't even work at all with me. 
And I think when it comes down to whatever medication we might take, where we think, oh, is it really good? Or like, we are not sure about a certain vaccine, which one we should take. Uh, I mean, I think it would be interesting what people can literally, that they understand what they are taking, first of all. But I think more important is, can they prepare for something like this? Or is there something what they can do? And I think this is what people want to know, because um, the last thing, what I think should be in our times is that people are scared and most people are scared because it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a pandemic. Uh, people are dying, people are getting sick, but I still believe, you know, like that fear is the worst thing you can do because we all talk about frequency and uh, fear is one of the lowest frequencies. So you would align with every illness, not even like this specific uh, pandemic, but you get sick when you're scared, when you're feared, when you're when you're confused. And I think confusion is the first thing that needs to be eliminated. So education uh, to help people to navigate through these difficult times is the most important thing. So, and I think you are a great advisor. So please tell us a little bit more what yeah. is in this stuff, what we can do, and how we can use it. Yeah. So that that's exactly the point, Sagmar. You know what your goal is, what my goal is, is to empower people, um, and we do it. You know, in our own unique way. But the goal is to actually raise the frequency. You know, so whether it's um, you know helping people balance their stress um, and you know raise a different frequency that way, you actually you actually help people help their health that way. Um, and I actually, that's why I'm a team writer. I actually use Love Tuners at NGI. I recommend Love Tuners. Um, it's a simple, beautiful tool. People don't have to be, you know, they, they don't have to be Deepak. They don't have to know all of the meditation. They don't have to have meditation guides. And I know Deepak's a Love Tuner um, a team writer as well. I mean, amazing, but people get so stressed out about having to learn how to meditate. You don't have to do that with a Love Tuner. You, you, blow in it before you go to bed you do it when you wake up in the morning and people love it um so thank you for creating this i mean i love it i use it all the time and my patients love it um so but kind of going back to the the vaccine so the idea here is to actually empower patients and actually physicians um so let's take the the two that first came out here in the u.s the moderna and pfizer vaccines um, again, this is an mRNA vaccine, and that's basically just to kind of explain what that is. Um, it's, it's a protein that basically, you know, is going to instruct your cells on how to make the spike protein. Okay, so um, the spike protein of this, you know, if you look at, you know, the SARS-2, it's got these little spiky things around it. And then once you have that in your body, then your immune system is going to make those immunoglobulins or that long-term antibody response. Um, so, but if you go to the CDC website and you look at, um, you know, um, what this vaccine is, and maybe if you look at some of the studies and you look at some of the extra things that are in it, um, the mRNA has to be protected, okay? So they've added this little lipid protectant around it, this little fat carrier protectant around it, um, and it's called polyethylene glycol or PEG. Now on the CDC website, it'll show you that it goes through this particular pathway and without getting too complicated in this pathway, because I know not everybody's a crazy dorky biochemist like me, um, but it ultimately induces something called hyperoxaluria. And that should ring a bell with you, right, Sigmar? What kind of foods are in oxalates? Do you know oxalates are in, and what foods? What foods are you avoiding or did I, did I take away from you? 
<laughs> Nuts and berries. <laughs> yeah. So healthy foods, right? One of the things that people can do if they're choosing to get the Moderna or Pfizer vaccines is we're recommending for them to avoid foods that are high in oxalate. Okay. So that's a really simple thing. So typically for about two weeks or at least 10 days, before you get the first shot, because of two shots here, we're having people go on a low oxalate diet, okay? And that's that's really easy. So gluten-free, you know, not eating a lot of nuts, you know, staying away from celery juice. I know that's still really popular. Um, you know, those types of things can be really simple and actually reduce the stress on your body because your body has to process that little lipid that's carrying the, the main ingredient in that vaccine. Um, so, you know, for some people, not a big deal. If you don't have issues with oxalates, not too big of a deal here. But for people who do, and about 70% of the population has some little issue with oxalate. Some people who have really bad SNPs, so basically you can give you mad at mom and dad <laughs> if you have these genetic variations, you might want to change some of your supplements, okay? So maybe take a little bit more magnesium, maybe take a little glycine. And, you know, we should talk to either, you know, somebody who specializes in nutritional genomics or maybe talk to your doctor about that um, as well. So, you know, those are, those are some of the really simple, basic things when we're talking about the Moderna or Pfizer vaccines. I mean, yeah, like um, besides like when, maybe we can explain a little bit more what oxalates actually do. Uh, sure. Because this was my, my biggest misunderstanding and about healthy food, you know, like uh, we believe that we can subsidize with nuts and so on. And this is like, especially in the California health kitchen. And then you look into this. And I mean, as you said, if you don't have uh, any uh, disorders with oxalates and you can digest it fine and your system can carry it, it's not a problem. But a lot of people have it. Uh, and especially because the healthier you eat, you eat a lot of oxalates. So, and maybe you can explain this a little bit to people, what this really does in your body. And, and that sometimes the healthiest juice that you're drinking is not that healthy for you. <laughs> All right. So oxalates are these little crystals that you find in foods. And for our people that can't digest them, what ends up happening is these little crystals, they, when you swallow them, they end up piercing the inside of your belly. And this is the start of leaky gut. Okay. So most people have heard of leaky gut. Um, and for some people, it causes them to have constipation. Other people, it causes them to have diarrhea, but most of the time it's a kind of a minor issue in terms of their belly, you know, it's sort of transient. Um, but what ends up happening is that those little crystals, they end up getting into your bloodstream and they've got to travel around your bloodstream. They end up getting filtered by your kidneys. So for some people with extreme issues, they're going to have kidney stones or for women, they might have something called interstitial cystitis where they get kind of, you know, irritated bladder or UTI symptoms, that sort of thing. Other people, they get fibromyalgia symptoms. Their muscles are going to hurt. They're going to suck the calcium out of their bones. So they're going to end up getting um, osteoporosis symptoms. A lot of people get brain fog. So anytime that we have sort of this sort of weird, you know, hey, I work out, but gosh, I really shouldn't be that sore. Or man, I'm having, you know, more arthritis symptoms. I really, aging really shouldn't be like this. Hey, I just turned 50 and I'm supposed to feel old. That's not really a thing. That means that your body is going through a process that you've reached a threshold. Okay. So 
for people that work with me, you should feel just as good at 50 as you did at 25. And so when we go through the process of actually correcting and aligning to your optimal diet, that's really the goal um, is to get you to still feel young and vibrant. Um, so, but the oxalate thing is a big deal. We can, we can correct for that with supplement. We can correct for that with, with diet. Um, and there are other categories as well. Histamines, salicylates, sulfur. There's other food categories as well that people typically think are healthy. I mean, what, what your approach is that, that I, I took away when we had our um, initial communications of what I totally, um, you know, like what, literally resonated with me right away was this full pocket or the pocket theory. So, because it's not like when you're young, you eat a lot of crap, you, you know, junk food, whatever, sweets, etc. You don't even care if it's organic, uh, but then you get older and then you maybe look more into food and especially, you know, like in, in the United States, we are, we have both, we still have the bad food, but we have most of the you know, I would say the highest nutrition knowledge in the world right now. So when I travel back to Europe uh, and you ask them certain things, uh, they don't even have it. So we are really on, on the forefront, but it still goes to this, um, to this bucket theory because over all those years where you're eating wrong, um, this bucket fills up. So you might not feel anything with 25, nothing with 30, nothing with 35, but maybe you hit 45, 50 and, and things change and in overlap. So and, and this, you made this very clear to me. First of all, you have to empty this bucket and come to a certain level. And this is something what you do so easy because basically a nurse comes to your house, they take your blood, it goes into your companies. Um, uh, you have this uh, Omics DX, you know, you do your, your specialized panels, gene panels. And, and then suddenly with your nutrition and with your supplements that you give people, it turns around. And this is, I have, I have experienced it myself. It, it goes pretty fast within like whatever, I would say one or two months, you see a significant change already and then it keeps on going. And I think this, this full pack, bucket theory actually is something what is very important in our times right now. Because when so many people on one hand are scared, a lot of people are getting really sick and, and we're going into whatever, herd immunization, vaccinations, all this is related to what you did prior to it, you know, and and I and I think it's it's actually could be a really good wake up call for our society to get overall healthier, mm -hmm. and because we we have this pandemic that is scaring us and it, it's frightening to us, so I mean I think we should take a general different approach out of this in the long run, and uh, but please go ahead and tell us a little bit more what you would think besides. Uh, the food, what people can do, what can they take on supplements that would really help them and prepare them for the different vaccines they're deciding? Sure. Well, just a quick comment about what you were saying about stress and fear. So stress is the great accelerator. So, I mean, if you have stress or fear, your bucket overflows. So even if you have pretty good genes <laughs> and you've lived a pretty good lifestyle, if you add stress into that system, it's going to overflow your bucket almost immediately. So, you know, most people can relate that to, hey, I was living pretty well, life was good until my mother died or until the accident or until the divorce or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden they have disease presentations. So, you know, when we're looking at this pandemic and what it's done to so many people, this is extraordinary. So, um, you know, I really want people to, you know, that are listening here, I really want you to take home the message that, you know, 
keeping your stress balanced, whether it's love tooting, meditation, taking care of your diet, taking care of your health, exercising, all of those things, that should be your primary goal, your primary function here. Um, so now in terms of, in terms of looking at, um, you know, specific vaccines, um, now if you have hyperoxaluria for Moderna and Pfizer, um, you know, depending on which genetic mutations you have, we'd be looking at, you know, Neuromag, um, sorry, that's a specific supplement, magnesium three and eight, um, uh, B1, B6, glycine, uh, those types of things. Um, if you were to take the AstraZeneca vaccine, for instance, um, that one happens to contain um, a heavy metal chelator, something called EDTA. So we'd really want to test and see if you had heavy metals beforehand. Um, and then also want to also avoid things like spirulina um, or cilantro even, because uh, those are actually going to pull more heavy metals out of your body. So just to be clear, there are no heavy metals actually in the vaccine itself, um, but the EDTA in it, you know, would actually, so if you had like amalgams or something like that, or if you eat sushi all the time, if you eat tuna all the time, um, then that actually might cause you to have some heavy metal excretion or dumping in your body. Um, the other thing that it has is something called histidine. Now, if you happen to be folate deficient, which a lot of people are, and again, this kind of goes back to, you should be testing, you should be looking at these things um, before you're getting the vaccine. It's not that the vaccine isn't safe, it's just that there are certain things that you wanna be looking at either before, during, or after uh, this process to avoid having either some uncomfortable side effects um, or, or maybe some of those adverse effects that people are, you know, afraid of. We really want to empower you to, to go through this process and, and go through it smoothly so that you don't have any adverse effects. Um, but it, histidine basically can increase in excessive amounts, can increase cholesterol levels. So if you have heart disease, this is something to look out for. Um, and it can also decrease zinc and copper levels. So check on those levels. Um, zinc is obviously something that's been very popular um, during the pandemic because it can increase your immunity. Um, and so if you have low copper levels, this can also mean you have low iron levels. So this can make you really tired. So one of the things that happens after you get a vaccine, sometimes after you get your flu shot, you get the flu, you know, same thing is happening after you get your COVID vaccine, you get, you know, sick for about 24 hours, sometimes longer for certain people. Um, but, you know, these are things that we're watching out for. Um, the last thing that's in both um, the AstraZeneca and the Johnson & Johnson is something called polysorbate 80. So if you have a history of anaphylaxis or um, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, so Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, um, or infertility, those types of things, you might want to consider, you know, looking out for that. Um, polysorbate 80 is typically something you're going to know if you have an issue with. Um, it's in things like Prevacid or um, processed foods, makeup, that sort of thing. But most people have figured out whether or not they have a reactivity to this. Um, so, you know, but these are things that you should talk to your doctor about um, before you decide, you know, if, if you do have sensitivity to those sorts of things, the Moderna vaccine is probably a better choice for you. And what would you recommend, uh, because a lot of people are in the waiting line right now, I mean, our government is doing an amazing job rolling out a lot of vaccines right now, but what would you recommend, I mean, like, not, not every group of, of, of people is like, so affected, you know, we know the elderly should go ahead and so on, and I think that's very important that they have the way of right in the 
and get it as soon as possible. What would you say for people that have to still wait for it? Is there something where they can really strengthen their immune system that it might not have these negative effects? What is something what they could do right now? So in general, um, I think the most um, available vaccine is the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. Um, so, you know, honestly, the low oxalate diet is the easiest and going to be the most effective thing. Um, and it doesn't require any supplementation. It doesn't require anything, quite frankly. So, I mean, again, low oxalate diet. So don't overconsume nuts, go on a gluten-free diet. Um, don't, you know, don't overconsume things like beets and celery, um, those types of things. So, I mean, the, the big ones are wheat, nuts, soy, and spinach, spinach. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I forgot spinach. Um, <laughs> spinach is huge. <laughs> don't eat any spinach guys. This one's awful for you. It's like the highest oxalate per, per milligram. Um, so yeah, I mean, people love their spinach salads. They're so bad for you <laughs> if you have issues with oxalate. So, um, you know, that really is the, the biggest thing. And guess what? Vitamin C increases oxalate absorption. Okay. So everybody is like, Hey, love vitamin C, going to get a vitamin C IV, all of these things, not during your vaccine period. Okay. So that's actually going to make it worse. And, you know, people are saying, Oh my gosh, my back really hurts when, when they get their, when they get their COVID vaccines, it's because your poor little kidneys are trying to filter out all of those oxalate crystals. I see. Okay. So this is one of those things. So we can reduce the overall stress on your body by simply changing your diet and not overstressing it by taking too much vitamin C. Right. Yeah. So yeah. our belief system, take a lot of vitamin C, uh, is, is not in this case, at least. No, definitely not. And actually vitamin C doesn't really work as a prophylaxis. So people think that if they take vitamin C ahead of time, that it's going to keep them from getting a cold. And this isn't actually the case. Um, if you take vitamin C when you first get a cold, then it actually does do something. Um, but taking vitamin C ahead of time doesn't actually do anything. <laughs> I know, hate to, hate to burst bubbles over here, but I know, yeah. I know. I'm in, uh, you destroyed my world of healthy nutrition, so. <laughs> I uh, know, I take all the fun away. <laughs> I take all the fun away. I, I think it's all about education, you know, and, and, and this is what comes, and when you see the positive results, uh, yeah, then, then there's no argument, because, yeah. Uh, yeah everything you do. And then this is what, what I need to tell people and how easy it actually is, you know, like uh, they should really check out your homepage too. Like uh, the NGI.com page is uh, you have all the information on there. I think you also have information on there for, for the vaccines itself, right? You have to. So um, on our, on our Instagram page and on our uh, Facebook page, we do have information on the vaccines. We've got very patient friendly um, like post on the vaccines. Yeah. Um, like one of the things that people ask me all the time um, when they see the pathway, it, they actually show that alcohol blocks the pathway and they're like, Oh, doxy hold up. So wait a minute. <laughs> like, so if I go on a venture, it's going to block this pathway and I'm not, and I can eat all the oxalates and gluten and pizza I want. 
So I'm like, oh, hold, hold on a second. So, so alcohol does actually block the first part of the pathway, but what it does is it goes through a histamine related gene. Okay. So it's called alcohol dehydrogenase. And you guys can probably see, I'm actually flushing a little bit here. So I flush a little bit when I get nervous. Um, so it's one of those things where um, it, when you um, drink alcohol, some people will actually flush across their cheeks or flush across their faces. Um, so yes, I'm being honest and real. I got a little nervous when we started talking about, uh, when we just started talking on podcasts and things like that. It happens every time. I've never been able to get over it. It's something that happens when I get on speak to 500 people or when I'm just on the phone with you. Um, it's one of those things. So, um, but um, when you block the pathway with alcohol, it does actually, you know, compete, but it also uses something called niacin or vitamin B3. And so if we had no vitamin B3 in our body, which is like zero, it's not, it's not possible, then it would actually work. Okay. So then if you, you know, went and drank a bottle of tequila and then, okay, fine, I'll get my Moderna shot and I'll be fine. Um, then maybe you could get away with that, but everybody has B3 in their body. So it's still going to run through that pathway and make a whole bunch of oxalate at the end. So it's a good try college kids. Um, but it's not going to work for, for most people. Okay, so we should correct it. So don't drink a bottle of tequila before you got the shot, right? Yes, <laughs> don't drink a bottle of tequila <laughs> and, and skip the nightcap too. But people get really excited when they see that. They're like, oh my gosh, I can drink alcohol and it's going to make it stop. And I'm like, not so fast. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So uh, what, what would you think um, for, for our um, society right now? Uh, what would you tell people on their spiritual level? What I mean, we talked about uh, about um, love tuning. We talked yeah. about meditation, and I mean, with love tuning, a big part is obviously the breathing, and because it releases stress right away, and then the frequency does the magic. Um, have you seen this with your with your patient that it really changes? Like when you look at their genes. Is it really correlated? I mean, I know it is, but uh, I mean, because you as a scientist, you see those changes. What do you see when people change their, you know, let's call it their spiritual hygiene or their, their practice mindfulness? So, I mean, we have people that will come to us and um, we, can, we can get their biochemistry working. We can change their diet. We can get them exercising. You know, they'll come to us and they'll, you know, they'll lose 40 pounds. They'll, you know, we'll get all of their biomarkers in perfect, you know, perfect resonance. Um, and then, you know, we'll get to a certain point and I'm like, you have trauma or you have, you know, X, Y, Z issue that we need to deal with. And it's actually the trauma that's, you know, manifesting in their body. Um, and so those are the types of things where, you know, when, whether the trauma is current, whether they're having a current stressful situation, or maybe it's decades old. Um, that is one of the reasons that we actually use love tuning or, you know, we use meditation and we use balance. So one of my practitioners that works for me um, is actually, you know, she's got a master's in psychology. Um, and so between that practitioner, myself, and then our wellness and fitness director, um, we balance of whole wellness cannot actually be addressed um, without addressing or cannot actually come to full healing without addressing that particular pillar. So um, I think so many people ignore that 
um, and don't actually plug into the spirituality aspect of healing. Um, and it is, it's almost as important, if not more important than actually correcting biochemistry. Um, so, you know, I think that, that it's just, um, it, you, you can't ignore it. Um, and it's, it's just, it's, it's beautiful when you actually can, can heal the whole person. Um, so, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons I've become friends with so many of my patients because <laughs> we plug in, you know, I mean, you've got it, you've got to really plug in. Um, to be able to get to that next level. Yeah, I mean, and I just can say people are really in good hands with you. You take care about body, body, mind, and spirit all at once. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy that you're promoting love, you know, for us and that you share this with your clients. Hey, Chrissy, I would like to thank you so much. I hope that our listeners uh, get a lot of knowledge out of this and it also helps them, you know, to see the picture a little bit clearer, be happier. And yeah, and just go take it easier. Yeah, hope so as well. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. Uh, hey, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chrissy. Yeah. See Bye -bye. you soon.